Hello, and welcome to Artbox. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I traveled up to the city. New York City, that is. I went to some of the art fairs that were going on, and because of the coronavirus outbreak happening, people were bumping elbows instead of shaking hands. I wasn't able to make it to all of the fairs, but the ones I did attend were diverse and accessible. They were small or intimate and were happening on multiple floors. I was able to grab some interviews at Volta Art Fair and Spring Break Art Show. First up is Cam. Cam is the art fair director for Volta. But uh, I wanted to say first and foremost, thank you, sir, for doing this on your opening. I know you're busy. It looks beautiful. I had a chance to walk through real quick. I'm going to walk you through again and probably another time. I think it's a great selection and body of work that you have. And thank you. So if you can do me uh, the honors and if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and your path in becoming Volta's fair director. So basically, I'm originally from Iran. I uh, grew up in London, where, my, where I've been living for the last uh, 30 odd years. I actually started off as a collector, so I've been collecting contemporary art for the last 15 years. My parents have been collecting contemporary art and uh, old masterpieces for the last 35 years. So we're very intertwined in, in the art world as collectors, as philanthropists, as uh, a curator. I've curated uh, four shows as well. Uh, and then, uh, by chance, uh, a couple of years ago, in 2016, I was approached by the owner of Contemporary Istanbul, who was a friend of mine, and he said, do you want to invest in my fair? And I said, no, I'd rather like to buy art with that money. But if you want to make money, you should hire me as a director. <laughs> and that's how the love affair started with me running art fairs. Uh, we had two super successful editions. And uh, yeah, so then uh, I took a break last year and I was approached by Ramsey Fairs in uh, November to, to run Volta. And they, they enticed you to come on over. Exactly. I, I think it's a huge opportunity to run. While Istanbul is one of my favorite cities in the entire world, uh, it has huge potential. It's a regional fair, but it has 80,000 visitors. Wow, with, with Volta, I have the opportunity to work in three of the major art fairs and art cities in the world, in yeah. New York, in Basel, and Miami. And while having a big group like Ramsey Fair behind you, who have the opportunity, the finances, and the ambition to grow, make this fair into a strong premium fair in their portfolio, which already exists of 20 art fairs. It's uh, an incredible opportunity. Well, I, I like I was commenting you know, just a moment ago, I do kind of like this fair. It's nice and cozy. It really, it, you don't feel lost walking around. You don't get art fatigued in here, which is a thing. And organic, it feels organic to me. And it just feels like it was almost natural. Could you uh, please give the listeners a brief history of the Volta Art Fair? Well, Volta has been around for 15 years. Previously, we've been owned by MMI Art Fair, which owns uh, Armory. So, uh, yeah, so the, Volta has always been a fair about discovery. It's always been a fair about giving... A, a, it started out as a fair of dealers helping out other dealers creating a showcase because at that time you didn't have many art fairs as you do now. I think now you have over 360 art fairs in the in the world. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an incredible opportunity to to just as you say look at art that you wouldn't have had a chance to see at the major fairs, but have you know a gallery like 1957 from Ghana should be at Armory, should be at Freeze, should be at uh, Basel, but they're not and this gives them the platform to to shine hopefully well and it gives me an opportunity to go see them Absolutely. before they they go into the big fairs 
and, and to you know talk one on one with them because you know and sometimes you get into big fairs they the, the galleries are too too busy to kind of actually just actually talk to you Absolutely. and it's no fault of their own you know but it's especially first day <laughs> yeah especially first day yeah that that's I've learned that one the hard way <laughs> I wanted to know what kind of themes and uh, presentations are going on for Volta this year well you know again the fair got taken over in October we only came in in November so we had about two and a half months to to put the show together so Say that again two and a half months yes, pretty to much. put this together yes absolutely that's pretty awesome so it's been it's been a tough journey but uh, the first thing we changed because Volta was previously always a solo show presentation again because it just gave viewers a different eye point on how to look at art but we changed that into a multiple representation to curate it as if it was a show in your gallery. Because again, it takes time to really uh, build a, a, a fair around a solo presentation booth. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, um, uh, we, we, it, we try to mold it around discovery. We're gonna change things hopefully later on as we progress and knowing exactly what Volta 2.0 will be because the art world changes, the, the environment changes, and you have to make yourself fresher and... But yeah, it is innovative. Yeah. And, and that's really the key, is it's how do you keep staying innovative? And that's, that's, the, that's the challenge. It, it definitely is. And uh, when you have like fabulous collectors like the Hortz walking here right now, you know, this is what you do. You get their interest going, you yeah. get their... Look, we don't want to be a show showcase, so it's not going to be, you know, gadgets here and there. But you know, you have to be innovative, you know. But also, we have limitations with the space, so which is bad but good. Bad but good. Yes. Yeah. It, it comes with uh, advantages and disadvantages. I would love to have space, more space to, you know, maybe do some VR stuff or oh, some right, technology right. stuff, some video stuff. But you know, it, it's tougher when you have space for only 54 galleries. Well, still, it's like you said, you just work with what you got. And I think it works, personally. Thank I you mean, very really much. I do. Thank um, you. Because I, I do like, after being at a lot of fairs, you, you do, you know, this one does feel nice and cozy, like I said earlier. I can't stress that enough. Really, it is. Um, so I was looking at the website, doing a little prep work, doing a little cybernet stalking on you before we interviewed. That's, <laughs> That's why my profiles are all open. You were quoted as saying, um, it's truly exhilarating time. Why is that? Well, because, again, I love this world. I used to go to art fairs maybe 10 times a year as a collector. Now I go to 45 art fairs a year. You know, while it's extremely tough time, it is exhilarating because people love fairs. People love, um, you know, the opportunity to discover. And we don't have time anymore to go to the galleries, to go to the openings, which I think people should do. I concur. But, but because we don't have the time, this is why fairs still work. Well, that's true. It, I don't think the fair model is going to go away anytime no, soon. No, no. There's more and more fairs coming. And, and you almost answered the second question. This is what I was going to call the curveball question, why art fairs are important. But you just pretty much said that. Yeah. So it's, 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 you have the opportunity in a short amount of time to look at 50 galleries. It's as simple as that. And not feel hassled. No, and also, like, when you look at the galleries, what you do, and what I often do, I always used to say, if I go to an art fair and see one gallery that I meet and, and, and greet or discover one new artist, then that's a successful fair for me. So, so you have the opportunity to take pictures, you have the opportunity to study, study the artists afterwards, and uh, in general, just have a good time. 
But yeah, no, I, I, I had a good time. I always do. And like you said, it, 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 for me, it is like I'm a discovery junkie. So uh, there's anything else uh, that you would like to talk about that I didn't bring up or cover? Well, I'd just say just come in, enjoy, talk to the galleries. Don't be afraid to talk to yeah, them. Yeah, they are very, they are friendly. They won't bite. I, I ask the questions, you know, if they're busy, do a round, come back again, take pictures. You can always research about the artist and then come back at another day. Get their business cards. Get their business cards. Get on their e email list because that's a great way to also learn more about stuff if you can't catch up with them. Absolutely. And um, this is the other kind of follow-up thing. Is there anything that you wanted to expand on? No, just enjoy it. Please come and visit. Uh, we're here, you know, see me, come and say hi. I'm more than happy to talk to you or you know get and you smell very nice thank so, you very much i mean i, I so, so. <laughs> talk to me later <laughs> talk to you on saturday right <laughs> all right well thank you again sir uh, thank you very much thank you. next up the Safarini sisters they're visual artists that use painting and video projections thank you for taking the time to do this interview here the opening day and if you both can introduce yourselves to me and tell me a little bit about yourselves. My name is Farzana Safarani and my name is Bahara Safarani. We both go with like Safarani sisters and <laughs> yeah. Could you tell the listeners like what kind of themes and uh, mediums you both like to work with? Uh, we work with uh, video and painting. So like, our works are paintings on canvases or wood panels and we project our videos onto the painting so we call them video paintings but I don't know if that's the right word yeah and we collaborate on every piece that we make because I, I did see you on Instagram I loved your concept of doing the, the video painting so could you tell me what types of influences you like to uh, draw from from when you're doing these pieces uh, yeah so uh, the video actually adds more layers to the painting in terms of meaning and beauty and it's something that uh, you can have the choice of uh, projecting it to the painting or not a subject is a woman that is driven from our life and someone who is between us and is experiencing the life through so many different things that she is uh, exposed to. And we are trying to make this subject and tell the story of this uh, woman through the, these videos and paintings. Yeah, these works that we have here, they're all called Dancing Around the Bed. And uh, she is actually uh, struggling with all the like pain and pleasure at the same time on a place that she's actually supposed to have a calm moment like she's supposed to rest on a bed but she's still struggling so she's it, she's like thinking and struggling in her mind the the one in the center is just the perspective from the bed like it's from a wall and you see it looks like an armoire and two doors a closet maybe in the front door and it goes off into a little hallway or something but i love the video effect you did on the corner it's so subtle and I didn't catch that at first. I thought that was intentional, but then I started looking at it. I was like, wait a minute, no, that's like trees and from outside on the on the bed, moving back and forth. That, that's that's a nice little touch, I like yeah, that. Yeah, that one we wanted to just project the shadows and lights of uh, that are coming from outside and to keep it a little bit mysterious that we feel the absence of the figure. We are, if we see these two paintings, we are uh, still looking for the woman to enter to this room, but. Uh, the absence of her is, is more is the subject. Yeah, it does really feel that there it should be occupied, which is I agree. That is very interesting. So, uh, how could people contact you if they want to learn more about you or your work? Yeah. So our Instagram is uh, Safarani Sisters, and uh, if they want to like know more about our work, we have SafariSisters.com, and we also we work work with Roya Khajavi Project. So if they can also look her up. Uh, they can contact us so easily. Yeah. Well, thank you both for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you. It. Yeah. Thank you. And have a good day. Thanks. Thanks. 
Xavier had his work shown at CNC Gallery, and it was at Volta as well. But he owns Charlie Smith Gallery, and we talked about his gallery and the theme in his booth. My name is Xavier Ellis. I'm the director of Charlie Smith London. And uh, here we are at show, Volta New York, to exhibit for the week. So uh, your booth clearly has uh, a lot of monochromatic uh, and black. It, it, did you curate that? I did, I did, yeah. Um, whenever I do an art fair, I want to make a curatorial proposal. I don't just want to put paintings on the wall. And also, Volta are very keen on that as an art fair as well. They, like, they much prefer to have curated presentations or solo presentations or duos presentations. And for this one, well, you've nailed it because it's called Black Paintings. <laughs> so that's, um, and that is a response to um, a few of my artists that are in my program, such as Emma Bennett, Florian Heinke, and Concha Martinez Barreto. And they always work either in this monochrome the black monochrome, as you stated, or with this deep black ground, as with uh, Emma Bennett. Yeah. And then the other three artists, they've responded to the brief in a way, in that they have it in their locker to make paintings that are going to suit this brief. Um, so we also have Sam Jackson, Alex Jean Morrison. So, like I said, I want to deviate from this. I want to know, how did you get started as a gallerist? Uh, I came what pulled you into doing it? I came... How long have you got? <laughs> is, is this I a think interview or a podcast? <laughs> um, well, it's a 30-minute show, so... All right, okay, so we've got 29 minutes left. <laughs> um, I actually have commercial break, so it's only 28 minutes. Okay, 28 minutes. I came at it from being an artist originally, and actually I still make work. Oh. And I'm actually on show in this fair as an artist as well, with a different gallery. So as well as being an artist, which, and, and I switched on to art at a really young age. In fact, I saw my mum's tiny little pencil drawings of Elvis and, and the like, and, and was kind of blown away at that. I don't know how old I was, seven or eight or something like that. So yeah. it's, been with, it's, like, it's sort of in my DNA in a way. Yeah. And um, however, I've always been really interested in organizing things, hmm. making things happen. Yeah. And even going back to school days, I did the end of year prom, when I went to university, I decided not to go to art school, to go to university and did history of modern art as a degree. Back then I was organizing club nights and we were combining DJing, live music, graffiti, and live art as well. You know, we had people making, making banners. Um, so yeah, after that, it was a choice of what do I do next? Do I go into writing or yeah. gallery world? or something else, and I just wanted to go into the gallery world. It felt like the right thing to do. I did an internship, became a partner in a gallery, and then went out by myself. And in the meantime, did a master's in fine art. Oh. So, and like I say, I've always kept that going alongside it. So I'm a gallerist, artist, and curator. And just mad genius, maybe? Well, hang out with me tonight and find out. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Actually, not tonight. After the last night. We've got work to be done. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny enough, I have done a series of pencil drawings called Mad Genius. Oh, really? Portraits, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's, uh, that's in there as well. That's an interest. So I also wanted to ask about the little booklets that you have here in your yeah. booth. Um, yeah. They're small. They look like they're, is that five by three or a six by four kind of size? Yeah, something like that. I mean, in, in the UK, we'd say A6. Oh, they're A6? Uh, okay. Over here. 
Um, these are publications, they're exhibition catalogues that we're releasing with every gallery artist solo show at the gallery. And um, yeah, again, I mean, it fits in with the black paintings theme, doesn't it? Seriously. Yeah. There's a kind of like a, a sort of gothic, um, kind of gothic undertones to our program, and, and that comes through. Well, even your laptop is paper. almost black. Uh. <laughs> But these, these books, that the, the idea, um, I wanted to model these on the original Penguin Little Black Books. Yeah. That's where the idea came from. And also, actually, it was a collector of mine, uh, Werner Grubb, really good German collector. He's based in London. And he said to me once, uh, he told me about a gallery of producing these little books. And he, he thought they were great because he just, you know, they fit in your pocket. They go in the satchel when he's on the tubes. He opens it up and has a look at it. And that's, that's why I was drawn to it, yeah. Right, okay, so that's so the seed. It's, it's something you can just put in your pocket and, and you've got it. So uh, uh, I don't want to kind of reveal too much, but um, these aren't basically endless. They're a limited amount that you have right a limited edition uh, each one is numbered in itself so there's a series so it's a series it right um, and then um, it's a limited edition it's a thousand um, so yeah that's it so then once they're gone you're not gonna reprint your that's it uh, we might do second editions I mean, they're, they're here to to promote our artists well, you know, right so, right so they need to live on but, uh, but like i said they're we'll also see. within themselves a collectors too yes, so exactly exactly yeah and you know, this cross-pollinate pollination is important isn't it between visual art words text uh the internet now social media etc yeah so we've got to be ready to to um you know bridge the medias and do what we can or they say try to use every platform Exactly. There you go. Platform. Much better word. Yeah, yeah. That's, just what, that's marketing. You should go into radio. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a face for it, as I've been told already. <laughs> but, um, well, uh, I'm going to wrap this up for you. So uh, if people are interested, if people interested in, um, in looking at, going to the website, looking at the work, what have you, in contacting you, uh, how can they do so? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the best way, of course, we're, we're, we're very active on Instagram. Okay. Um, this is just a perfect platform, to use your word, isn't it? Right. So you can find us at Charlie Smith LDN. Okay. The gallery is called Charlie Smith London, and our website is charliesmithlondon.com. Well, thank you very much. Find me, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. Find me personally, in terms of my own work, as well as curating at xavierellis.com. Xavier with a Z, so Z A V I E R L S dot com. Well, thank you for pointing that out. Thank you. Okay. No worries. All right. Cute. Thank you, sir. Renas Van Hall is a visual artist who painted self-portraits with social media filters and the fear that might come with them. First and foremost, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. And, um, no problem. My pleasure. So if you could introduce yourself. My name is uh, Renas Van Hall. I'm a painter from Amsterdam, the Netherlands. And uh, this is my first time exhibiting in New York. So I'm uh, very excited about that. Yeah. Earlier, I was talking to you. Well, actually, let me take a step back. When I first walked by the booth, and the first thing that grabbed me was, you have a wall of self-portraits yeah, that look like... Quite a few. Quite yeah. a few. Uh, I think you said 60? Yeah, the series consists out of 60 self-portraits. Self-portraits. Yeah. And all of the portraits have you that looks like some kind of uh, filter that you would see in uh, like Instagram or in Snapchat and, and other kind of social media platforms. True, yeah. Could you explain how did you come about with doing this series and why that? Why is that yeah. so? So uh, I'm very interested in these new forms of imagery. 
So uh, when the selfie became something that a lot of people started to do, I was very interested by the imagery itself. And then when I decided to paint a selfie for the first time, uh, I came to the realization that this form of technology is very uh, worthwhile looking at because there are some implications that a lot of people seem to miss at the moment. So what I did for this series is I painted 60 self-portraits using uh, filters that you find, like you said, on Snapchat, Instagram and Facebook because what they do in essence is they change your identity and now it's still innocent and nice and uh, people uh, use it for fun and especially uh, like the next generation they kind of embrace this technology also yes they do they do but uh, it has a lot of implications because in the nearby future as this technology becomes more and more integrated it gives somebody the freedom to identify somebody else's identity or right. how do you say that so uh, like the explanation you gave me was that the potential future person could have like glasses or contacts and have an augmented reality they could view me as having bunny ears is, is a exactly. great example so uh, your identity becomes subjective right it becomes uh, a matter of choice for the spectator and it's kind of dangerous because you are not aware of how somebody else might view you. So if I would like to spectate the world with only females or only males or only bunnies or whatever the future might bring to this form of technology, right. you lose your identity. And uh, it's not only identity, but it's also uh, authenticity. I'm an artist and I put my life and my soul in creating something authentic but if somebody can change that with a filter that they put on top of it it's also endangering my profession yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's a valid point that's valid uh, I never thought of it from that perspective it's like you said you put all this hard work and training and, and time into all this stuff and then someone can just change it like that that ow that, that kind of scares me too well I mean, it's, it it's, not, it's not too late it's not too late I mean uh, I still make paintings and people like it. <laughs> it's not as integrated uh, yet, so... Uh, yeah. So you're saying I have time? We still have time. We still have time. So uh, uh, your paintings, uh, the kind of medium do you use? Do you use like oils or acrylic? Yeah. You use all, oil. All paintings are oil. The selfie series is oil on panel, uh, but I'm uh, more accustomed to oil on canvas. That's where my, uh, oh, really? my heart lies. Yeah. So how was it like painting on the panel for you then? Uh, the panel is it's different because uh, you cannot really work to paint uh, yeah. as much. Yeah. Uh, it cannot really move through the medium itself because it's just a solid that you paint on. So uh, it was a bit more difficult. You need to be more precise uh, because you cannot really move it yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, or as they say, fudging it. You can yeah, make it exactly. or move it around. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I because I never worked on panel myself, so yeah, I, it was it was uh, it was difficult at first, but I like it because uh, this whole project I took like a diary, and for the diary type where you make a painting a day, this worked quite well, because I don't know the science behind it, but it <laughs> felt like it was drying faster. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there is some, like you said, some science behind that. Maybe. Yeah. So how can the listeners or people get in contact with you or, or uh, like by Instagram or website? Yeah. So my name is Rhinus Van Hall. That is R-I-N-U-S Van Hall, V-A-N-H-A-L-L. And uh, I'm like that on everything. So Instagram, uh, my website. Your website, just added.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, sir. Thank you very much. 
Last but not least, Julia. She created a nice and warm, cozy environment at Spring Break Art Show. All right, so if you could please introduce yourself to me and uh, and what you do. Uh, my name is Gila Garamian, and I'm here at Spring Break 2020 in my installation called Belly of the Beast. It's made of primarily recycled textiles that I've been collecting and found around the country, and I've kind of created this forest. You can kind of hear birds chirping, I assume, in the background. Yeah. Um, we'll hope so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, forest and mountain and monster that you can kind of, an immersive installation to kind of sit and enjoy the visuals and um, contemplate, I guess. Well, I was going to say, like, the little, like, uh, reflection cave, I would, I don't know what to call that. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the belly of the beast. This is the belly and, of the beast. Yeah. Okay. And there's a meditation, kind of a funny take on meditation tape in there. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lighthearted look at pretty serious thing about the waste that we have in excess the theme of this show is called is in excess and this kind of definitely fits in of the stuff we have in our lives but you know just kind of finding a peace with that and just trying to be positive about where we're at Absolutely. Yeah. So in addition to the textiles I've been collecting, I use a lot of light and motion in my work. So I have these kind of like, I call them the beer lights, the water lights, the movement. Sometimes we'll say Budweiser and the waterfall in the background. So I build on those and you can, they have these kind of relaxing in quote soundtracks that are in them. And um, so brooks and and oceans. Yes. Yeah. Birds chirping. And I have a disco cocoon that I made inside the beast and so I've been using collecting disco ball motors and just kind of stuff that I've come along you know found along the way latch hook rugs from the 70s that I've taken apart you'll see hats and scarves but you know it's kind of fun to figure out what the origins of the shapes are it's kind of yeah you kind of it gets you more sucked in there and then you have some wordage on there too like in this one piece i'm looking at it says mm-hmm. it will be okay kind of reinforce the peace and yes. serenity yes of being in around and so much stuff absolutely and um it, with the nostalgia of all this from our childhoods yes um uh, the color scheme and it's kind of this comforting feeling about almost like the blanket fort under your grandmother's dining room table kind of feeling. Yeah, that's and the kind of feeling I got, it, yes. actually. And yeah. that's the idea is just kind of people really find these patterns. Of, oh, I remember we had that as a kid. I think I even said that to you, like with the, yep. the carpet that you have. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, using those elements to bring that out. So uh, kind of building on that, a little variant of that question is um, what types of influences do you draw from mm-hmm. and why? Like, mm-hmm. how did you start doing the collecting and why you would right. do that? Yeah. So I've always been a collect, I've always been a thrift shopper and collector going to state sales and things. And I'm a mom. And when my kids were really small, I started making stuffed animals for their friends for birthdays. People would give me sentimental items of clothing and I would kind of make these you know, presents for the kids. And then in 2011, I kind of, I had an arts background. I brought the two worlds together and decided to kind of merge them and find how those things came together. And I think starting out being a mom, just really introducing art to people that wouldn't necessarily think that they're interested in art, children, to kind of enter into a situation with fresh eyes and bring people into an environment, even if they wouldn't think they're a, quote, fine arts person. 
Right, or having knowing the lingo, or exactly knowing and what to say and do and how to do it. Exactly, you know, because even they don't really know what to say. Exactly, and, do it either. <laughs> and that's yeah, definitely. I've yeah. been telling that to people for years, exactly. and they still don't believe me. <laughs> exactly. But. Yeah, no, it's something for everybody, and I feel like it's you know it's a welcoming environment, and hopefully it will be the first step. So, uh, what do you enjoy more, uh, making the work or trying to show the work? Enjoy making the work, and honestly, I I'm a little bit shy and showing the work sometimes um well i, I get that yeah. yeah so it's a good challenge for me too and sometimes it's weird talking about it it is you know, like, like right I, now honestly I'm sure. <laughs> i feel like this is my language and it's funny that you know all my life doing these types of things i feel like this is my language so to talk about it is a challenge sometimes yeah, yeah it's good to do it to learn to because you don't never really know like how much is subconscious and conscious at play Ab absolutely yet, you know, yeah people are expecting you to just be able to yep. spew out a bunch of words from a thesaurus. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's I definitely went to art not school. We... I didn't go become an editor or a writer. <laughs> exactly. And that's the way I've I've definitely always felt, you know, this. So, you know, I did go to art school and I took a big break from going from the fine art world because I really did feel like a bit of an outsider. Yeah. But then after having kids, honestly, I got a new perspective on you know, confidence of just being okay with what it is, how I do and how I do it. And just, well, I did. Yeah. No, your work is, is very interesting in that respects because it, it is like you're, you're collecting and, and that collecting does take time and you're also kind of curating it in your yes. own way. Yes. You may not be able to like verbalize why you're curating in that way, but you visually do. So. Absolutely. And that's what really what matters. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny. I kind of, you know, like we were, talking earlier these these items from our childhood you know yeah. we go I go through and collecting and you don't really realize why you're picking these things but then you kind of figure out the story on the, yourself while you're going through uh, yeah you are putting a, it's like yeah. you are yourself is like a puzzle in that way right? mm -hmm. yeah you're slowly putting the pieces together yeah, yeah. absolutely so uh, where can people find you like on the internet or contact yes. you yes so uh, um, I'm on primarily um, giving information through Instagram okay. and I'm at Gila.art. It's J-E-I-L-A dot art. And my website is, yes. <laughs> my website is Gila.com. That's J-E-I-L-A dot com. Dot com. Yes. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. It was oh, great no, talking to no you. Problem. No, thank you yeah. for doing this. Appreciate it. I want to say a huge thank you to Volta Independent and Scope Art Fairs, as well as Spring Break Art Show. I also want to give a huge thank you to everyone that I interviewed as well. If you want to hear past episodes of Artbox, go to the website at artboxdnv.com. Until next time, thank you for listening.